Morning, Jamie Kite. Good morning, Mark. Nice to see you. This Good is uh, you. our third studio in three podcasts, I think. So yeah, we got the mood lighting right this time, though. You see, like we're it. very on brand. Um, I guess for those that don't know you, uh, it'd be great if you could just introduce yourself, um, and then we'll just get into a conversation on what on earth is going on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Jamie Kite. I'm a chartered financial planner at Buckingham Gate. I've been doing financial planning now for over ten years. Uh, and I work with families and individuals to make sure essentially that they've got enough money for the rest of their lives. Uh, and then along the way, making sure they're doing all the right things from a tax efficiency basis, investing basis, estate planning basis, and we cover everything together. So I've I've wound you up for the last few years because I've said you've got the easiest job with interest rates at practically zero and have been for the last decade. Mm. Equities have been the only game in town. And all of a sudden, that seems to have, have changed, really, and things are going on. So what's the what's your current state of play with stock markets that may or may not continue to go up? And is there something else that people can be doing? You know what I say. I think the long term, it is very hard to time markets. <laughs> uh, and long term, I think the play is a proper portfolio of global equities. Uh and when I say global, all different types of regions, all different types of classes of equities, whether it's energy, tech, whatever it is, it's about having that overall blend so that you can weather the storm. And also, if a certain sector does go down in value, you're also protected by the other sector. Okay. And we were talking recently about how tech sold off at the beginning of the year, and that was replaced by energy and banks going up. And that I think that's the key, having a proper portfolio that has everything in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, can't argue with that, I guess. And if you're playing the long game, you know, 10, 20 years, any chart really does tell you that that's the, the way. Though it is always tempting, and I'm probably more guilty of this, of, of giving you a call and saying, right, now's the time to get out of something and into mm. something else. But patience is a virtue. What what do you get into? I guess if you if you pull out of equities, you're either mostly going into, let's call it, the, the main asset classes being property, bonds and cash. Cash is still, yes, interest rates are rising, but you're still not going to be getting anything in cash. Property, I guess if you're pulling money out of equities, are you just going to chuck it into a property? No. Uh, bonds with rising interest rates. <clears throat> Do you want to be in bonds? Probably not. Uh, I think it's the only way to go. Yeah. And I guess the other thing at the moment, that's obviously interest rates are rising as a response to inflation, and interest rates aren't rising anywhere near as as fast as inflation is mm. um you must be getting a load of phone calls now about how do i protect myself against this yeah well i guess for, for individuals that normally where you get hit when interest rates go up are people's mortgages so mortgage rates are going to go up and i think short term are people going to be leaving money in the bank to get the, the interest that the banks are offering probably not no. uh I think it, it, interest rates that they're going to have to rate. They are going to raise interest rates to try and combat inflation. The problem is, is that inflation is not going to come down straight away. I don't think so, and therefore people are going to have to fight with rising inflation and rising interest rates. And I think people are they're, they're going they're going to feel the squeeze. People are already feeling the squeeze. Like I said to you recently, I think lower income households and also people that are entering retirement they're going to feel that the most they're going to feel that inflation squeeze whereas people with let's say middle to high incomes they're still going to be taking advantage of low interest rates they're going to have excess income to do stuff with and i think they won't feel the pinch as hard i, I, 
don't know what you can do. I think no. that from a from a personal perspective and also client, I think it's just keeping an eye on stuff like bills, like do, doing the right thing, making sure that you're on, you're on the right contracts, whether it's, I don't know, energy, gas, electricity, whatever it is, because that, that's, you can't do anything about that, yeah. really. Yeah, you're still going to have to consume it. Yeah, and, and those are the essentials. Like people are, I mean, yeah, people still want to turn on the lights, people still need to heat their houses, yeah. flats, so I, I don't know what you can, yeah. You made a point there that it was pensioners that would feel this as well. Just Just explain that point, mm. if you would. So when I say pensioners, I say, I mean, pensioners that are going to rely on a, what we call a money purchase, like a personal pension to live off that because they're going to be drawing down money from that pension to live their lifestyle. And they're going to have to draw down man money at a quicker rate than they probably thought they were going to do because they were, I don't know, expecting inflation over the long run of not something like, I don't know, five, six, seven percent. So they're going to have to grow, pull out money quicker if there is then a downturn in markets at the same time, you're pulling out money from a portfolio that's going down in value. And if you're taking out money at a faster rate in a portfolio that is being level or going down in value, it becomes a lot harder for that portfolio to recover. Yep. Whereas if you're not pulling out money and you let it, you ride it out and then it increases in value, it's nowhere near as bad. Sure. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, I guess, again, coming back to the sort of the, the, the market side of things as well. Um, are you seeing people trying to be more selective in what they're purchasing because we've seen such volatility? You know, we we talked about tech um, and, you know, the switch into energy. Are, are people trying to be more selective? I know there's a big thing in retail stocks now, mm. but as a portfolio and a managed portfolio. I, I'm not seeing it. No. No. Okay. And, and the kind of portfolios that we run is that we're not making big plays on that. We're just in the market. I think... The important thing with a properly managed portfolio is that it's rebalanced at the right time. So let's say there is a sell-off in tech and there is a, there is some growth in the oil and energy market and the banking market, then it's important to rebalance that portfolio so that when tech does recover, if it does recover, which I'm sure it will, you get that growth in that side of the market. Sure. What about alternative assets? And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going crypto and NFTs and buzzwords that mm. seem to be gaining traction. I mean, we're, we're seeing banks start to take them seriously now. Are you getting interest from, from your customers in looking at this as an asset class? And if you are, what do you, what do you say to them? So yes, there is interest. And yes, more and more clients are asking about it. I cannot advise on... <laughs> no, I can't advise on those asset classes. Uh, have I got some of those asset classes? As you know, I, I do. Uh, and I think it's an interesting space. I think like with anything, you need to invest for a purpose. There's no point in just putting money into something and not thinking about when you're going to need that money. Like if someone's put money into the crypto market and they've taken a punt on it and a month or two later it's down 30 40%, which has happened constantly over, let's say, a three to five year cycle at some point, if they need that money at that point then and they need to pull it out, that's the wrong thing to be doing. You need to, you need to, I guess you need to be in it for the long term. You need to be able to ride out these 30 to 40% moves. Uh, so I guess that's what I'd say to my clients. Think about when you're going to need that money and what's it going to be used for. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about the, the, the future of, of crypto? Have you worked out what the purpose is for it as yet? <sighs> so as you, I've got an NFT or two. I think it, it serves a purpose there in, in order to own a digital asset on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. I can see it using a purpose there. You can buy it. And I've always bought art and I like buying art and I've done that for, I don't know, over 10 years as well. 
I guess, uh, over to you. Like, I don't know what are people using Bitcoin for. Have you ever used Bitcoin to buy? Do you know? Do you know anyone that's used Bitcoin to purchase something? No, no, so, I know uh, an investment, and and that's about it. I mean, I think I can see the 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 future. I think everything is finding its feet. Mm. And an NFT of a sixteen bit, you know, uh, image mm. is largely irrelevant in the long term. Because what we're doing there is working out what a digital asset is and trying to find a value for it. Mm. And then digital assets will evolve and become much more encompassing. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a real viable product. And these are just the baby steps into it. But, you know, a thousand odd cryptocurrencies and choosing the right one. Yeah. It just seems like it seems like the dot com bubble of the of the 90s. <sighs> Yeah, but, but people have been saying that for a long time now, and they're still yeah, and they're still going. Absolutely, yeah. You've been saying if you've been saying it for the last five years, you probably would have missed a thousand plus percent of upside. Yeah, in these, and I'm saying that as someone that's missed a thousand plus percent of upside in these. So. Yeah, I remember when I was, I was in America for a wedding, must have been four four years ago, or so and they they were going mad about it then in America and like everyone was raving about it getting into it not knowing quite what it was going to be used for and the market's flied since then flown since then uh but I don't know what's I I don't know what's I I don't know where we've got to from there I I don't know if it's being used for anything else than what was being used back then yeah I don't know absolutely and I guess we'll find out at some point when someone like an Apple comes in you know, Tesla tried, but obviously with, yeah. with Mr. Musk, it's a slightly different proposition, isn't it? And I'm sure he's just trading his personal account yeah. with every every tweet that he makes going out there. But no, it would be an interesting space to, yeah. to watch. It, it, yeah, it is an interesting space. I, I think the, the NFT non-fungible token space is a really interesting space. Like how, how people are building communities on the back of these digital assets. It's part of me sceptical about it. Part of me thinks people are just pumping up these non-fungible token nft markets to make a quick buck a lot of them they don't they don't exist they get launched and then a week or two later they're just worth nothing and people have invested however many thousands of dollars and pounds and then they're worth zero and obviously that money's gone somewhere straight into the pocket of the creator yeah yeah but i guess is it any different to investing in an artist and then the artist doesn't go anywhere it's probably not too different like putting money into an art project or buying a canvas and then the artist just says you know what i'm I'm not doing this anymore sure sure so it's again i guess your point of if you need the money uh, if you're going to need the money at some point don't do it Mm. if it's investing for the long term and you've got a belief in it then yeah it's got it's it's a punt i I still think it's a punt to a certain extent who nobody knows where it's going to go it's got a very short track record. When you're looking at equities and bonds, you know what they've been doing for over a hundred years, and you can and you understand how a company works, what makes a company profitable. I guess it's it's not too dissimilar. Like what makes commodities, it's, it's, you're taking a punt on where the market's going to go. Yeah, and who yeah. knows where it's going to go? Well, absolutely. I mean, we're we're you know talking now, and we're sort of eight nine days into you know what is a, a terrible war and mm-hmm. things is going crazy and it just feels we were saying as we were walking in here that what we were going to talk about you know coming out of um covid and all, all of the sort of support and getting back to work is almost feels like a distant memory now yeah doesn't it so i guess you've got that long term but what's happening in the short term seems so unpredictable if you if you're thinking about unpredictability and are, are you naturally quite risk averse in the job that you do at times like this in, w- in what way well i mean it would just be easy if, if we look at the markets you know equities are 
you know melting down albeit slowly yeah um yeah everything's running into the dollar gold is obviously high and and energy is just going going nuts mm. do you just sit on the sidelines and try and play a defensive part of this or do you go well actually there's there's opportunity here i think with, with a, a a well diversified portfolio it's like what what you get the answer is just just stay in the markets i think no, nobody like is extremely hard to predict and time markets like i don't know what okay what what would i be doing now knowing what's going on thinking about the future energy prices you think are going to continue going up do you want would you make a play by buying energy stocks potentially interest rates are going up a bank but they, they've already seen a rise in the last two months already have you missed that i i don't know so let's keep it balanced i'm more of a financial planner than a, yeah. a wealth manager sure. i well, know what do you what do you think I, for, for a person that works in the markets i'm about as risk averse as it gets i mean occasionally i used to phone you up and say oh is, is now a time to go aggressive or is now a time to go defensive but you know i, I think i've agreed that you know, playing the long game and just looking at a chart is going to mm. serve me better unless I'm trading it all day, yeah. every day. Um, in terms of sort of the financial planning element of it, um, we're talking recently about how you can just be as efficient as possible. And one of the things that we were talking about was sort of the EIS and the VCT schemes mm. um, that are out there. Um, for those that haven't come across those what's the, the sort of the headline there and what's the rationale for using them because i mean we are a few weeks away from the end of the financial year mm -hmm. and if there are, is surplus cash you know in in someone's pocket is that a place to potentially look at putting it yeah potentially if you want something that's a bit more exciting it's probably going to be more risky than your conventional portfolio then the eis vct space might be yeah might be exciting to that person i think like with everything so with an eis and enterprise investment scheme you're locking away your money for potentially three years if you want to get the income tax relief when you go in so the way it works is you're investing into early stage companies very early stage companies let's say you're investing ten thousand pounds for argument's sake you get a 30 percent income tax relief credit so you can offset that against your income tax bill for that tax year for right. example VCT, very similar. You invest £10,000, you get £3,000 knocked off your tax bill, but you then have to hold that for five years to get the income tax relief. So once again, if you think you're going to need that money in a three or five year period, probably the wrong thing to do because if you take the money out, you're losing that income tax credit that you've got at the beginning. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it is the more exciting side of it. You're, yeah. And when, you, when it's exciting and inherently more risky, why is that? So EIS is far more early stage companies. They're pretty much just, I want to say just launched, very early stage. Uh, I think if you invest into an EIS portfolio of let's say 10 to 15 shares, I'd be very surprised if all of them were successful. Yeah. I think you, you expect some to just fall by the wayside and be worth nothing. Some will go on to potentially be successful and some probably will just tick along. I think like with anything, it comes down to the people you're choosing to pick these EIS investments. Yeah. The VCT side, it's slightly more mature. So you can invest into a portfolio of let's say 25 to 30 shares that qualify for VCT status and they're slightly more mature. So there's I say there's less risk involved with the VCT stage. But the lockup is longer. Lockup's longer. In a VCT. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. also you get dividends paid out tax free as well. 
your VCTs, which is right. nice. Do you have to get out at the end of five years? You don't. You can stay invested. But w- what we do with a lot of clients is essentially after five years, you've got your you've ticked that box to make sure you get the income tax relief. What you can then do, you can then sell out of let's say that VCT, get your money back, mm-hmm. and then reinvest it into another VCT and get your tax relief again. Right. Okay. So yeah, yes, you can stay in it, but it may be more tax efficient to take the money out and then put it into something else. Sure. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. And just with tax efficiency as well, we've got um, I think a government NI hike um, coming in next uh, next month. Do you think they're going to do it? Or do you think the pressure is going to be on? Oh, pressure? I think it's happening. We sure? It? I think there's always an eleventh hour public opinion shift that could change it. But I I think it's happening. It's bolted on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I guess. The, the way to how would you combat that you want to i guess pay yourself less income if possible so you're paying less national insurance contributions if you can just if you can put more money into your pension so it doesn't get paid out to you as a as a worker as an employee then that'll be more tax efficient from a national insurance perspective yeah uh yeah okay okay plenty of th- things to go on there um any sort of final thoughts on on how someone would navigate the the times ahead or any sort of Jamie's top tips that we haven't yet covered? I think just kind of like brace yourself for a rise in inflation. I think I think everyone's feeling it already. I don't think it's going to go away. Uh, if you can, try and build up a little bit of a cash buffer. So let, let's say, assuming, I don't know, if someone's living, was living month to month, three, four, five months ago, assuming that there's been no change in salary and they haven't received a salary increase in real terms, you're probably going to be struggling mm-hmm. and you're probably going to have to be dipping into cash. Uh, so we always say, yeah, if you can keep some kind of cash buffer, that helps. Uh, any other top tips? All the standard financial planning, like make sure you use your pension if you can. And you're, once again, you're not going to be needing to touch it until you're in your 60s, let's say, because uh, that's really, really tax efficient to put money into your pension. Yeah. And the, the magic formula of compound interest as well. And the magic formula of compound interest. And if you're earning over £100,000, it gets really tax efficient to use your pension because you start to lose your personal allowance uh, once you start earning £100,000 and over. So it, it's, it's a real, really high tax band there between, let's say, one hundred and £125,000. Right. No, good to know. Well, I think the message is, you know, don't take anything for chance. Be prudent about it and... Uh, well, we'll see where we go, won't we? Yeah. Watch this face. Yeah, next time mm. we chat. Hopefully, Ukraine has been resolved. And uh, Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But, and uh, hopefully it doesn't spread any further and just gets sorted out as quick as possible. Yeah, I mean, this is a separate conversation I think we'll do once the, the cameras have stopped rolling. But, but appreciate you coming on and having a chat. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thank you for having me.